Ladies and gentlemen of the congregation, welcome to another episode of the Motorsport Ministry. In today's episode, we're going to be doing a little preview of what I like to call the crown jewel weekend of motorsport. We're going to give you the top five storylines heading into the Indianapolis 500, and then we're going to end off the episode with our best bets of the week. So let's begin by talking about our first segment, and that's going to be, this is considered, in my opinion at least, and I don't think a lot of people would disagree, the biggest weekend in racing, in terms of the races that are about to be put on track. You got the Indianapolis 500, the biggest race in the world. You got the Monaco Grand Prix, the crown jewel of Formula One. And you got the Coca-Cola 600, the longest race in NASCAR, and one of NASCAR's many crown jewel races. So... I'm going to give mini previews for each race that I just mentioned, and I'm going to do something I basically never do on the show, and I'm actually going to give you guys my race winning predictions. You know, I say it all the time on Best Bets of the Week, that when I give my bet in terms of who my pick is, that's not necessarily who I think is going to win the race, it's my pick to win the race, it's just who I think you have the best chance to get the most bang for your buck. Because of those those person's odds. Like, Truex being a plus 3,000 Talladega, I think that's a no-brainer. That you place that bet immediately. But this is going to be different. I'm actually going to give that to my race-winning predictions. Let's start off with the Indianapolis 500. The biggest race in the world. Trump's Daytona, Monaco, Le Mans. Every race you can imagine, Indianapolis trumps. Why? I've said it previously. Because you have drivers from multiple different series, from multiple different disciplines... Always coming to race this event. I mean, Fernando Alonso skipped the Monaco Grand Prix in 2017 to come race in the Indianapolis 500. That should tell you everything there. Let's take a look at some storylines. I got storylines for three drivers. And yes, these three drivers will be on my top five Indy 500, you know, storyline drivers if they were to win. Number one, I'm going to go with Scott Dixon. And I'm putting Scott Dixon on the list because he's won five polls for this race. I believe he's t- he has to be close to having the most polls in Indy 500 history. He has to be close up there. But he only has one Indy 500 win back in 2008. So, you know, it starts coming. When is Scott Dixon going to get that second? Is Scott Dixon going to get that second Indianapolis 500? So, if he were to win the 500, it would be a massive storyline. Can he finally break through and get a second win? Elio Castroneves is my second one. Four-time champ last year. Can he break through and be the winningest driver in Indianapolis 500 history? He's in a tie with Rick Mears, Al, I believe it was Al Unser, and A.J. Foyt. Can he be the sole possessor of the all-time Indy 500 winner? Elio Castroneves has a great shot. Well, not great shot, he's starting 27th, but race pace. I'm banking on race pace. And then you got Jimmy Johnson as my number three storyline. Seven-time NASCAR champion, came over to IndyCar last year, Performed really well at the Ovals, finished 6th at Texas, running top 5 in that race all race long. Has a lot of speed. All those Ganassi cars have a lot of speed this this year. So, can Jimmy Johnson break through? It's a realistic possibility, in my opinion, that Jimmy Johnson wins the Indianapolis 500. And if he wins, that would put him in all-time great category. He would no longer just be a great NASCAR driver. He's already started to transition more towards being known as a race car driver than a NASCAR driver. Winning this race could potentially put him in an all-time great category. Now let's move on to the Coca-Cola 600. NASCAR's longest race on the schedule. 400 laps is something that you would normally see at a half mile or a one mile. 
You don't see that in a mile and a half, but you do see that with Coca-Cola 600. 600 miles, grueling race. Let's see, the, let's see what these next-gen cards could do for 600 miles. Let's take a look at the storylines now. My first one, probably not really a storyline, but it's Kyle Larson. He's the defending winner of this race. He's kind of been on a little bit of an up-and-down season so far. Can he turn it around? He's ninth in points. He needs a turnaround. He needs something to boost his momentum. He's had a lot of speed these past couple weeks, especially at Kansas, especially at Texas, where he was running top five in both of those races. Can he translate that speed over to the All-Star race? Tyler Reddick is my second storyline, simply because he has to have luck come his way at some point. He's had so much speed at so many different types of tracks, and yet he cannot see not only to find victory lane, but not only find the checkered flag. The amount of times he's been in incidents and wrecks and spins is just ridiculous. And he's on the outside looking in for the playoff cut line, especially with that Kurt Busch win at Kansas. Can Reddick finally bounce back? And my third one isn't necessarily a driver, but it's more... You know, NASCAR needs a lot of momentum to come on their side after the All-Star race, which many consider to be one of, if not the worst race that NASCAR has ever put on track. So, the Coca-Cola 600 needs to go well without any incidents. It needs to be a legit event in order to get that All-Star race taint out of everyone's mouths. And finally, we're going to go to the Monaco Grand Prix. Formula One's crown jewel. Everyone wants to win the Monaco Grand Prix. Or if you're in the case of Charlotte Claire, you want to finish the Monaco Grand Prix. Let's take a look at some of the storylines for this race. Mercedes had a productive race in Spain. They looked more competitive. You saw George Russell was actually able to compete with Max Verstappen wheel-to-wheel. However, there's still a couple tenths off the pace. When you go to a track like Monaco, where qualifying is everything, you have... Mr. Saturday and George Russell, you have the driver with over 100 poles and Lewis Hamilton. Can they make something happen in qualifying to where they could set themselves up nice for the race pace and put their season back on track? Like I mentioned before, Leclerc's Monaco curse. I'll mention it on my best bets of the week, but Leclerc, he's pretty high in terms of people placing the money to bet on him. But again, this is strange coming from a driver who's never finished a race in Monaco in his entire Formula 1 career. Hell, last year when he was on pole, he didn't even start the race. That's how unlucky he is at his home track. So can Leclerc finally break the Monaco Grand Prix curse? We'll have to wait and see. And my last storyline is going to be Verstappen perfection. Every race Verstappen has finished this year, he has found victory lane. I mean, I mean, besides Bahrain and Australia, it's been first, 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 first. Can Verstappen keep it up? I mean, we... We haven't seen this kind of dominance since the Michael Schumacher days. Even Lewis Hamilton has had competition before, but right now it feels like Max Verstappen is next to no competition. Can Max Verstappen keep it up? Let's see for Monaco. So those are your little mini storylines for each crown jewel race. Now, I'm going to give you guys my winners and a little bit of an explanation why. I'll start with Monaco. For the Monaco Grand Prix, my winner is Max Verstappen. Best driver so far in the series. Won every race he's, he's finished. All but he's basically been flawless. Very, very, very few mistakes. Like you'd have to micro, micro, micromanage just to find a single mistake Max Verstappen is performing this year. So I think that translates to Monaco. My Monaco Grand Prix winner is Max Verstappen. Let's move on to the Coca Cola 600. My winner is going to be Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch, he had a lot of speed at Texas. He's shown a lot of speed on the mile and a half these past two weeks. Toyota as a whole. Kyle Busch, this is a kind of race. Kind of track that he excels at. So I think Kyle Busch goes to victory lane in the Coca-Cola 600. And for the Indianapolis 500, I'm going to go with a little bit of a curveball. I'm going to go with a driver I don't know a lot of people are picking. 
you know, you got people picking your Dixons, your Pelos, your Paddle Awards, maybe even your Tony Kanans, maybe even some people picking Jimmy Johnson. But I'm going to go with a driver who's been sneaky good, top five in speed, actually qualified inside the top five for this race, and he performed well last year, and I think he has a great shot to win this year. Been consistent all year. I'm going to go with Marcus Erickson to win the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. Kind of a little bit of a curveball, but I feel pretty confident in this pick. I think Marcus Erickson has a great shot starting inside the top five to win. So my prediction to win the 106th Indianapolis 500 is Marcus Erickson. And that's going to do it for your little um, Crown Jewel weekend preview. All right, so we're going to keep it a little bit in the storyline theme for this episode. But we're going to focus a little more on the Indianapolis 500 because obviously it's the biggest race in the world. Obviously, it deserves that attention. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the top five drivers that I think could generate the biggest storyline if they were to win the race. I got maybe a little bit. I got maybe one outsider that maybe not a lot of people are thinking about, but everyone else on this list, I think everyone can agree, would generate such a great storyline. So without further ado, let's jump in by talking about number five on the list and... This is the curveball I'm talking about, Juan Pablo Montoya. And here's why I think Juan Pablo Montoya is a top five driver in terms of generating a storyline. He's a two-time 500 champion, so obviously winning the race would put him in the elite category, would put him only one off from the all-time wins list in terms of this race. He's one of the greatest drivers of all time, in my opinion, the greatest driver that's currently still racing. And, you know, Formula One wins, NASCAR wins, IndyCar wins at championships, etc., etc. Montpellier Montoya's done it all. And here's another reason why it'd be such a big storyline. Montoya's starting, I believe, 30th in this race, in the McLaren. If he were to win, no one's talking about him. So if he won this race, it would come basically out of nowhere. So imagine that kind of storyline. We haven't seen a driver kind of just come out of nowhere to win the race since Rossi in 2016. So it's been nearly six years since we had a out-of-nowhere shocker win. Montoya, Montoy, especially being that driver, would generate such publicity. So Montoya is my number five. Number four, I'm going to go with Romain Grosjean, the driver of the number 28 Andretti Autosports Honda. He's a Formula, former Formula One driver, so obviously he would bring in that international audience over to IndyCar and the Indianapolis 500. He was also a fan favorite Formula One also. New team, Andretti Autosport, always strong in this race, always strong in the Indianapolis 500. So obviously he's going to have a great shot to win the race. And he's a rookie in the field. A rookie in the field able to qualify inside the Fast 9 with very little oval experience also. Romain Grosjean winning this race would, especially with this being his first career win, when he's been so close so many times to find IndyCar victory lane, Romain Grosjean will make a great storyline and would generate a lot of publicity, not just for IndyCar, but for motorsports as a whole, due to his Formula One connections. Number three on the list, I'm going to go with Scott Dixon. And like I mentioned before, he's a five-time pole winner. I believe he's he does or he's close to having the most poles in Indianapolis 500 history. Still looking for that second Indianapolis 500. Can he finally get that second Borg Warner trophy? It's been almost 15 years since he's last won this race. He's come so close so many times, has had so much speed for so many years. Can Scott Dixon finally get it done? He's number three on my list. Number two, I'm going to go with the defending Indianapolis 500 winner, and that is Elio Castroneves. Four-time champion, tied with so many greats for the all-time wins list at Indianapolis. Looking for his fifth win 
trying to cement himself to be the sole to be the sole person on that top step of the pyramid. And this could potentially, if he were to win this race, he could potentially go down as the greatest Indianapolis 500 driver of all time. Not just for having potentially five wins, but imagine all the run. Think about all the runner-up finishes he's had. Think about all the third-place finishes. Think of all the chances he's had to win this race. He could potentially have six, seven Indianapolis 500 wins to his credit right now. This win could potentially put him up and above the rest. He's number two on my list. And number one on my list is the current driver starting 12th on the grid. The driver, the number 48, Chip Ganassi Honda, and that is Jimmy Johnson. Seven-time NASCAR champion, over 83 wins in his Cup Series career, comes over to IndyCar, struggles at first, but once you see him on the ovals, he's a threat for victory. He's another rookie driver on the field. Again, qualified inside the top 12, probably would have qualified inside the fast six had it not been for an issue qualifying. And if Jimmy Johnson were to win this race, this would put him in that category of all-time race car drivers. Because right now everyone thinks he's the greatest NASCAR driver of all time. But not a lot of people put him in the greatest race car drivers of all time. If Jimmy Johnson were to win this race or even finish on the podium, people start talking about him as one of the greatest overall race car drivers of all time. Or maybe not race car drivers, just overall greatest oval racers of all time. So, Jimmy Johnson, he's number one on my list in terms of storylines. And those are your top five storyline drivers that could potentially have generate the most publicity for winning the Indianapolis 500. Alright, now we're going to end off the episode by giving you guys my favorite segment of the week, as you all know, and that is Best Bets of the Week. I kind of gave a little bit of a preview in the first segment of the episode, so we're just going to jump straight right into it. I'm only going to do the top three races, the crown jewel races this weekend, so no Xfinity, no trucks, no no sub races. We're only going to focus on the crown jewel races this weekend. So let's start off with the Coca-Cola 600, where my pick to win the race, Kyle Busch, is currently the favorite at plus 550. By the way, all these, all these betting lines are provided by DraftKings Sportsbook, not sponsored. My favorite bet to place to win this race is going to be Ross Chastain, with the ninth best odds at plus 1400. Chastain has been fast all year, top five speed at the mile and a half. For, for him being at plus 1,400, that's a great bet to place on for someone to win this weekend. My least favorite bet is currently the driver with the fourth best odds, and that's Martin Truex Jr. at plus 1,000. Number one, I don't like how little it is, only at plus 1,000, considering he's had next to no top five speed at all this year. And I mean, you could argue Truex is four out of the four in terms of JGR. Bell has shown more speed. Hamlin has shown more speed when he actually is able to utilize it. And Kyle Busch, I mean, he's the betting odds favorite for a reason. So for Truex to be the fourth best, and again, just ahead of some of those drivers I just mentioned, I don't like the value from Martin Truex Jr., so he's my least favorite bet to place on this weekend. My out-of-the-box pick is going to be the driver with the with the 15th best odds at plus 4,000. And that's actually Ross Chastain's teammate Daniel Suarez. Suarez has shown that he can have top 10, top 5 speed. He's just a knockoff of Chastain. However, we've seen it. If you put Suarez in that position, he'll at least be up front. Whether he wins the race or not, he'll at least stay up there, especially when it comes to late in the race. So Suarez, he could clean up his act. If he could put himself in position to stay up front, if Suarez 
at plus 4,000, that is a great, great just out-of-the-box bet to place for this weekend. Let's move on to the Indianapolis 500, where Scott Dixon is currently the favorite at plus 500. Now, a lot of my favorite drivers are actually going to be outside the top 10. And I think usually when it comes to my out-of-the-box picks, it's usually a driver either with extremely high betting odds or a driver who's outside the top 10 in terms of betting odds. However, my favorite bet to place on, which is obviously, I've mentioned before, my race-winning pick, Marcus Erickson, he's currently with the 12th best odds at plus 1,800. I mentioned why I think Marcus Erickson has a shot to win the Indianapolis 500, so I'm just going to go straight into my least favorite odds, which is Joseph Newgarden with the 5th best odds at plus 1,200. It's just, he's good for like the first quarter of the race, and then the rest of the race, he's just not up front in contention for the win. I mean, we've seen drivers like Polo be more competitive than him, and Pedal Award be more competitive than him. Even Elliot running on a part-time schedule was more competitive than Joseph Newgarden last year. You just don't see Newgarden up front at the end. So that's why I don't like placing my bet on Joseph Newgarden. Even at plus 1,200, which is a decent return, I don't like Joseph Newgarden at plus 1,200 with the fifth best odds. My out-of-the-box pick, and whoever put these... Okay, I always say Vegas knows more than we do. But whoever thought that giving this driver the 17th best odds to win the race, I don't know what they're smoking. I'd love to find out because it better be damn good. And that's your defending Indianapolis 500 winner, Elio Castroneves, with the 17th best odds of plus 2,800. How are you going to put drivers like Alexander Rossi, like Roman Grosjean, like Joseph Newgarden, all like Scott, all these drivers? I think even Jimmy Johnson has better odds to win the 500 than Elio Castroneves is here, which is ridiculous even just to think about. So Elio Castroneves, he should honestly be my favorite bet to pick. However, because Marcus Erickson is my pick to win the 500, I decided to be more consistent with it. But Elio Castroneves, I mean, you pick Elio to win. You pick Elio to win, you bet on Elio to win. He's going to give you a payday, especially if you put a lot of money on Elio Castroneves to win. And finally, we're going to go with the Monaco Grand Prix. And for this race, I'm going to break a rule of mine. So, Charles Leclerc is currently the favorite at minus 105 for some reason. And this is where the some reason comes in. As all of you know, my rule is if a driver is currently in the negatives to win the race, you pick them 10 times out of 10. This is the one time I'm going to break the rule. Because my favorite bet to place for this weekend is obviously my personal pick to win the race is Max Verstappen with the second best odds at plus 12, 120. It's Max Verstappen. I really don't need to explain it. I've explained it in the previous segment. Let's move on. Actually, and this is something I don't think I've ever done since I've introduced best bets of the week. My least favorite bet to place is your race, is the current favorite, Charles Leclerc at minus 105. Because... I mentioned it before, Leclerc has never finished a Monaco Grand Prix. He hasn't even started a Monaco Grand Prix since 2019. So why am I going to pick a driver who's had next to no luck in this race to win? It makes next to zero sense. Leclerc, it's like picking Kyle Larson at a super speedway. You're just throwing your money away. It's like picking Bubba Wallace at a road course. You're throwing your money away. LeClaire is my least favorite bet to place this weekend. And my out-of-the-box pick is actually going to be Sergio Perez with the six best odds at plus 2,500. He's shown he can compete up front. He's shown that he can compete with Verstappen when the car is underneath him. 
So if Verstappen comes up with an issue, if when, not even if, when Leclerc comes up with an issue, Sergio Perez will probably be the driver to take advantage of it. So Sergio Perez is my out-of-the-box pick. And that's going to do it for Best Bets of the Week, and that's going to do it for this edition of the Motorsports Ministry. I hope you guys enjoyed tuning into this kind of special edition of the Motorsport Ministry. Not a lot of talking, more just a lot of, you know, storylines and previews. But I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys want to listen to the previous 51 episodes of the Motorsport Ministry, just search up the Motorsport Ministry on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. You can listen to the rest of the back catalog. But once again, thank you so much, and we will see you next time.